0: flushcarecom slash weight loss.
1: Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name's Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Jerry Scott.
2: Finally! Where have you been? I've been on holiday, I've been doing some work, much to the shock of my colleagues and editor, um, but I am back.
1: Well, you were in Rome?
2: I was in Rome and I was in Naples and I was also in Wales. So a, it's a bit of a contrast.
1: And and, um, I presume, you being the uh, non-stop, all-action political journalist that you are, that when you were in Italy, you were asking Brexit questions, of course. What do you think about about? The poor old Br- Brits. Were you doing that? Or? Can i
2: tell you, more of it was being congratulated on the Cricket World Cup win.
1: Right. Is cricket big in Italy?
2: <laughs> well, I guess not, but every time someone asked me where I was from and I said the UK, so oh, congratulations on the World Cup.
1: Um, had you been avidly following the Cricket World Cup? Uh,
2: clearly. I know what a super over is now, along well, with the rest of the world.
1: <laughs> Everyone knows what one is now. I am a big cricket fan, yeah. but I have to say I was confused by the rules at the end of mm-hmm. the final. <laughs> Um, but there we go. So, no Steve this week. No. And the knock-on impact of that, he's in Spain. Is
2: he? Yeah, yeah. Is he he's asking questions he's about in Brexit? Bilbao.
1: Yeah, yeah, Good. absolutely. And uh, so the, the knock-on effect of that, sadly, is that there's no Brexiteer of the Week. Boo. Boo. But never mind. Um, you, you, all, every Brexiteer wins this week. Congratulations to you all. But we've got a fun little quiz. Yes. And then we're going to imagine our political music festivals mm-hmm. because, um, well... Frankly, we've struggled for fun things to do because we can't make fun of Steve and I'm going to a music festival at the weekend, so... My brain just sort of fused those two things together.
2: Creative juices are flowing. yeah am
1: I, I am here in my sleeping bag.
2: <laughs> We've all told you it's inappropriate, uh, and yet you persist.
1: yes, absolutely. Uh, like a like a human caterpillar yes, well <laughs> and um and I have a poncho on
2: half inflated airbed.
1: <laughs> my one tip for festival goes, and I am a bit of a veteran is always take bin bags.
2: yes, bin bags. Bin bags
1: are a huge help. There's so many um uses for a bin bag at a music festival. Oh, I don't need to know. But oh no, nothing like that. I could tell you a story about a friend.
2: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we should probably do some politics. So let's get to the news first. Um, and the uh, we we are now not going to be able to. And, and we were discussing how you, exactly how you say this because there's lots of different ways to say it. Pro rogue. Prorogue. Pro-rogue.
2: <laughs> Pro-rogue. <laughs> I think that's right.
1: Parliament. So that um, is looking less likely. Not complete. Uh, I think. That we, I think there was a majority of forty one votes to try and stop that. Yeah. But but Boris still hasn't ruled it out and I think actually could probably still do it.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I think it's not kind of off the table. Um everything's still up in the air. And I think it's because, what today as we record, I think, is the last day for Tory members to vote, so they just don't want to rule anything out or yeah. in or
1: I think so. But there were there were there were a fair amount of Tory rebels, which was which was pretty good to mm-hmm. see. Um so, basically, what it means is that a, 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 a prime minister could force parliament to close, yep. and therefore there would be no opportunity to vote down No Deal. Exactly. And
2: sounds really democratic. Doesn't lots, it?
1: lots of mad Tories are like, "Yay!" And <laughs> <laughs> anyone with um, even an inch of uh, love for our democracy, of course, is, um, is 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 saying that this is absolutely outrageous. Now, Jeremy Hunt. And we'll we'll speak a little bit about the leadership campaign, which is just so boring, oh, by the way, isn't it? So dull. Oh, um, he has ruled it out, which probably means he can't ever possibly win this contest. Now, yeah, well, he he's sure he's <laughs> more sensible than the other candidate. Whereas Boris Johnson has said he won't take anything off the table. Yeah,
2: exactly. Anything.
1: Anything on his feet, <laughs> his elbows. The kipper. The kipper. <laughs> With feet and elbows on the table. There's a vision for you of Boris. Um, so I guess th- this is good. It is good news that, that Parliament is making it quite clear that it thinks it's undemocratic. Undem- what about the Queen? She'd be dragged into this because she'd have to dissolve Parliament. So could she? Could she say no? <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Do I sound like the Queen? Yeah, so A Queen much. after
1: some woodbine. Yeah. Um, <coughs> she would say, no, I refuse. <laughs> you, yeah?
2: Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't no, think she, she would, would she? She, she? wouldn't. Because
1: she, she, she wouldn't get involved in, in, um, in, in politics in but that way. I bet way.
2: She's sitting there rolling her eyes.
1: Well, it's difficult to know, isn't it? And that's kind of the point of the royal family, whether they are um, mad Brexiteers or... Or not? I'd, I really, I really don't know. But the Queen, of course, did live through the Second World War, and I think that would perhaps shape some of her views. Mm-hmm. Um, but there you go. She, she would never get involved. She's a grand old girl.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Do you like the Queen? I do like the Queen. Do you like the monarchy?
2: I do actually. Oh god. Which is often an unpopular opinion of mine amongst uh, amongst friends. Well, I think they're nice to have.
1: Well, I like the Queen, but I'm no fan of the rest of them. If I'm honest. Hmm. Um, you know, not wh- who, why would you care what I think? Quite frankly, so, um, we don't. No, so. no quite. Um, so, so that hopefully will thwart that No Deal Brexit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, I wish it was stronger. <laughs> but, but why are you laughing at now?
2: Any optimism?
1: Yeah, know, it sounded optimistic when it came out of yeah. my um, my mouth. There, I, I, how worried are you? It's like seriously, how worried are you about a No Deal Brexit?
2: Um, I definitely think it could still happen, but in terms of how worried I am, I think it's got past the stage of worry. It's just farcical at yeah. this stage. You on and on and on. I think nothing's th- ruled out.
1: Do you think that... And I was going to speak just briefly about um, Mr Trump in a little while, but do you think things like that, the outrageous comments that he made about the, um, the four uh, Democrat um, senators... Uh, uh, and you know, saying saying to him, "Go back to where you came from." It's utterly disgusting. But it kind of goes. There was someone on the radio. they day saying, "Well, this is what Trump does. He goes up to the line, and then he comes back, and everything's fine." Oh, the this the there's line. There's this view of politics, and across uh, in politics now that you can, you know you can really get away with all, all kinds of things. Ten years ago, if we said we're just going to leave the EU and and everything's going to be worse there have been riots on the streets.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The Trump thing's interesting because people here have been being told to go back to where they came from for for years. So oh, horrible, obviously. Mm, um, mm. So I, I I don't know about that one, but you're right. Politics is at such a fever pitch that nothing is a surprise anymore.
1: Yeah, nothing's a shock, is it? And I think that. And I, and I think the problem you see there, you know, it's so farcical, and everyone's just a bit like, ah. God almighty, just something to break the impasse. Yeah. That, that we could almost have an ordeal Brexit by accident oh, is my is my, my fear. Um, well, and the consequences of an ideal Brexit of course we will get onto in a minute. But yeah. first I need to quickly tell you about the week. Go on. Now you let's be honest. You hadn't seen The Week until we started with this um, this little association with the magazine, had you? To my shame,
2: I had not.
1: And you have now, and what you've found out that it is a news filter. Yes. Yeah? Um, it pulls together the best, most interesting articles and opinion from more than 200 different sources every week. Guardian, FT, Telegraph, lots of... It, it's brilliant, and it also has a really nice cartoon on the front, more often than not. Uh, you particularly liked the, uh, I think it was Boris Jogging, wasn't it? It was Boris Jogging that you liked. Yeah, that was my favourite. That was a good one. Um, so it brings you multiple points of view, multiple topics, to make sure you've got the full picture, Geraldine. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And we are busy, especially me, but you as well, Steve lesser <laughs> Yeah. Um, more, more just us, really. More just us, really, yeah, for instance. But, but it is Brexit... We've had Brexit up to here, <laughs> haven't we? We do have to do he's, a lot he's, of...
2: o- he's only pointing at his, <laughs> his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got I more d- to go.
1: I do feel like it's creeping above my <laughs> above my uh, nose. My ability to breathe is, is, is fast receding. Um, but, but what he, the week is great at is that, yes, of course, you've got all that stuff as well, but you've got science, sport, food, arts... Steve is a big fan of the property section. Is really? he? Yeah, have you seen the property section in the week? Yes. Well, you will know then these huge houses that you can never afford, never will be able to afford, but you get to have a look at and dream.
2: It's like when you go on Rightmove and filter it by highest first, but better.
1: Oh, right. Yes, we'll come back to that. Because I have to tell you more about the week first. Because there's so many opinions and agendas out there. The week is a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I absolutely mean it. It is smashing. Cut out the noise and get to the heart of the matter. And it gives you your time back, which is what I was trying to get to when you butted in and started talking about right Who don't sponsor no. the pod. Um, it gives you your time back. We're very busy. We do a lot of Brexit stuff. At the end of the week, I find it is nice to sit down with a copy of the week and flick through all the stuff I've missed that isn't Brexit-related, as well as some of the other opinions on Brexit. Because, of course, we do... Sometimes live in a bit of an echo chamber in these in these times of uh, fever pitch politics as you said. So it's nice to sometimes see what the mad brexiteers are saying as well. Yeah. What you can do, Jerry. Go on. You can try your first six issues for free. Free. Not a penny. All you need to do is visit theweek.co.uk forward slash offer and use the offer code European. That is theweek.co.uk forward slash offer. Use the offer code. European. It really is a very, very good product, the week. And I've enjoyed my freebies in the past few weeks. So you can enjoy yours now. Go and do it. It's my turn,
2: is it? Thank
1: you. You you go off and get your freebies right away, Geraldine. You asked a very good question. Who filters anything highest to lowest? Who filters anything most expensive to cheapest?
2: I know
1: you, I feel. No, not me. (laughs) How rich do you have to be when you go on a website and you go I shall filter but I shall filter most expensive to cheapest first I'm not buying that it's too cheap <laughs> Who's ever said that
2: No one no well, one Someone, sh- someone must do. Sh-
1: uh, If I was there if I was a very wealthy man not just a wealthy man <laughs> If you're a rich man? If I was a rich man <laughs> I still wouldn't filter anything whether it be on right move or on ASOS, not that I've ever been on ASOS from most expensive to cheapest but you're Argos Argos, I've been on that because what if the thing you want is on offer at the bottom yeah. and you end up paying for it you go, oh I could have got that for a tenner but I've spent 300 quid yeah,
2: it's
1: a I would like to see some figures on who uses that filter
2: I'll have you 355 words by the end of the day good, <laughs>
1: okay, good um, so, no deal Brexit that sounds fun doesn't it
2: It sounds like hell.
1: And what have the OBR said? The Office of Budget Responsibility, Yeah,
2: they've said that GDP... I've forgotten. GDP... It's going two percent.
1: It's going to be. It's going to fall by two percent. I think it could be as much as. I'm just trying to. We've got papers everywhere. Um, yeah, real GDP GDP to fall by two percent by the end of 2020, and that's four percent below the March forecast. That is what the uh, the OBR said in the executive summary. Uh, report in its in its fiscal risk report if there was going to be a no deal Brexit.
2: But who needs experts?
1: Ba- <laughs> yes. Basically, we are staring a, a fairly nasty recession in the face. Yes, and yet people are still saying, "Let's leave now,
2: blue passports.
1: Let's leave now, get out." I I, I mean, we've spoken about this a million times, but my, uh, you know, I do, I have said it before. I should say it again. I fear. There, there will be fighting in the streets. And people yeah. saying, well, you never told us. Well, the truth of the matter is, we did. I remember saying... I remember having a very heated discussion with someone um, maybe a week after the um, referendum. Yeah. And they said, but it's your job, the media's job, to tell that you should have told us what would happen when, when we were British. You should have told us. And I said, well, I got it up on my phone, there it is. We did tell you. You just weren't listening. Yeah. You weren't paying attention and I, I fear that people are, are going to be caught out again no deal brexit you're going to lose your jobs really simple brexit is going to make your holiday more expensive
2: brexit's going to make it more difficult for nhs workers from countries
1: exactly i should have basically run the remain campaign and we would have still be uh, we still be happily in the eu Well, i
2: didn't offer you enough money to direct <laughs> a problem m- <laughs>
1: me any money <laughs> or a job <laughs> Um no so that is that is something of a problem. What about um Michelle Barnier? Yeah,
2: exactly. He's on
1: he's on Panorama, isn't he? Yeah,
2: really interesting, mm. this, isn't it? It's, um he said that Theresa May never threatened during negotiations of the EU to take the um, UK out without a deal.
1: Yeah, these are his exact words. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if this has been on telly or is about to be on tele or not, but he said uh he tells the BBC, "No, no, I never listened to such a sentence, never." Never. Um, I think that the UK side, which is well-informed and competent... (laughs) (laughs) And knows the way we work on the EU side...
2: Again.
1: (laughs) he's been very kind, isn't he? (laughs) Knew from the very beginning that we'd never been impressed by such a threat. It's not useful at all. We have put in the document, the withdrawal agreement that is, with the UK, not against the UK, with the UK, the legal answers to each and every point of uncertainty created by Brexit. That is the point. That was him talking about... Why there can't be, um, uh, you know, any movement on that that May deal? Yeah. D- but the f- most fascinating thing I think uh, that came out, or is, is about to come out of that programme, is uh, what David Lidington said. Have you seen that?
2: Do you know what David Lidington, or Lidders, as we Liders, uh, as yep. we um, well know him, um, said that the EU offered to put Brexit on hold for five years in 2018 five and a years. new deal.
1: Yeah. So he said that Martin Selmayr. Um, who's this kind of. If you haven't heard of him, he's this kind of shadowy, sort of spin doctory kind of figure, isn't he behind the scenes? They're um,
2: official.
1: Yeah, but he, but he's not well liked. I mean, even in the EU, he's quite um, he's quite Machiavellian, supposedly. Uh, but he said, uh, sorry, Liddas said, Martin sort of said, look, I imagine they sort of went down a little yeah. corridor. Look, 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 look. Why don't we have a deal whereby we just put all this on ice for five years? Let's see how things go. Let's get the UK involved with France and Germany. <laughs> let's see how the dust settles. And let's talk about whether we can come to a new deal for Europe.
2: You talk about riots on the streets. I think that would, of course, riots on the streets. Well, Not that I wouldn't have welcomed well, the think, deal, not the riots. You, yeah. Well, you did
1: once famously <laughs> say on this podcast that you want to watch the world burn. Uh, well, do you know what? The, the, the errors were made early doors. Yeah. If Theresa May had said we, we are going to leave the EU, but it is not going to happen overnight, you know, prepare yourself for five years of negotiations yep. and for and for a slow, m- managed, managed withdrawal, um, then maybe something like this could could have been you know could have been talked about. But the the rush to the exit, to you know the the, the race to the bottom mm-hmm. that the UK is determined to, to have and win. Um, start you know the, the starting pistol was fired way back then and um, and, and we'd lost but I mean f- fascinating documentary This, looking forward to seeing it some really interesting stuff coming out of it. Do you think then that Theresa may she's been called a hard brexiteer in the past? Do you think that perhaps in negotiations she was a bit softer than we we might have believed?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, she she campaigned for Remain, didn't she? She did. Yeah, I think she was she was a Remainer to begin with. She was,
1: I would say, sort of a not a not a fully committed Remainer. She did say in that famous speech, of course, um, in the in the run up to the campaign starting, I believe that it wouldn't be the end of the world if Britain were to leave the EU, but she thought it would be better if they remained.
2: Sure, but what I mean is it's only a small step across, you know, a shallow stream to get to be a soft Brexiteer from there. It's quite the leap to then become the hard Brexiteer that she's been painted as. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me if, although she did steal herself and say, look, yep, we do have to get behind Brexit, this is what the country voted for, that her heart wasn't in a hard Brexit where we crash out.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree with that, Jerry, completely. And I think. Um, I mean, is this? Uh, is it the pressures of the internal Tory party politics then that have really scuppered her and her deal? She wanted to come out and be a hard. You know, she was new prime minister. Mm-hmm. She wanted to keep the the hard right ERG on side and, and make sure they were backing her. Um, in the end, she couldn't please anyone, could she? Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know if you saw it. Ken Clark, obviously absolute grandee, mm. said um, the other day that internal democracy have ruined Labour and the Conservatives. Yeah, and yeah. it's completely right with this, and then you look at Labour and anti-Semitism, which we're going to get on to. Over and over again, the internal democracy of these parties is just ripping them apart, and it's you know the general public that suffer.
1: Where will it end? Where will it end, Gerry? Uh, let's talk about Labour then, shall we? All right. Um, Labour frontbencher fired...
2: Not great, is it
1: <laughs> Baroness Hayter said that there was a bunker mentality around jeremy Corbyn's leadership um and compared it to the last days of Hitler any are
2: <coughs> any of the fascist dictators of the past
1: <laughs> well, I mean she obviously knew what she was doing well, this- yes. this came um uh on the back of this, um, the BBC documentary last week. Mm-hmm. Did you see the BBC documentary? Yeah. So what did, what did you think then? Because I had, uh, I had opposing views. As, it was, as, it was, as I was watching it, I had two people, we were speaking in a, what do they call them, groups?
2: A group chat. WhatsApp. A WhatsApp group.
1: Yeah, b- both Labour voters. Three in the
2: 21st century. <laughs> both from
1: different sides of the uh, the, the Labour coin. One of them saying, well, this proves that there's anti-Semitism in the Liberal Party and it's endemic. The other saying, all this proves to me is that, you know, there is no proof of anti-Semitism in the party <laughs> at all. Where do you fall on it?
2: So I thought there was... A, 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 the, the reaction said a lot. Before the programme had even gone out, Momentum had launched an yeah. attack on the journalist, yeah, yeah, who yeah, yeah. Jeremy Corbyn himself had previously praised in yeah. Parliament for yeah. his work. Yeah. That's before it had even gone out, before they'd even seen it. And then the attacks on those Labour Party staffers who, whether you agree with them or not, were brave to speak out and speak about their suicidal thoughts, their mental health problems after this, the personal attacks on them then were absolutely deplorable. And I think that says a lot about, if not the level of Mm anti-Semitism, the factions and the infighting and the bile that's going on within the Labour Party at the moment. Yeah. Yeah whether or not the accusations are true. Um, I don't think that it proves anti-Semitism is, is endemic in the Labour Party. Mm. I think it does show that those people experienced it, though.
1: I mean, I, I, yes. I, th- I mean, it, it almost isn't so much about the fact that there are crazy anti-Semites out there. No. Because we knew that. Yeah. It, 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 it is the... Legitimization of their beliefs by not being properly condemned or dealt with Absolutely. by the leader of a major party and the group around him. Time and time again. Time and time and time and time and time again. Um, that, you know, it's very similar to the legitimization of the far right in America by Trump, mm-hmm. by what he does, by, by the language he uses. Very similar. And people have said to me, how, po- how can you possibly compare Jeremy Corbyn and Donald Trump? They are a politician straight from the same mould, yeah. populist, um, uh, you know, divide-and-rule politics from both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, one might be left-wing, one might be right-wing, but the political the politics is like a horseshoe, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, they are a lot closer um, than you might believe. Uh, so, um, Baroness Hater got into Bother, and uh, speaking at a Labour-first uh, group meeting, there is sort of centre-left... Um, uh, Labour grouping. She said, "Those of you who haven't read the book, will have to wa- will have watched the film Bunker about the last days of Hitler, um, of how you stop receiving into the inner group any information which suggests things are not going the way you want." Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't re- she's not really comparing him to Hitler. She's comparing him to a situation that Hitler was in.
2: Yes, it's it's <laughs> a fine line, isn't it?
1: <laughs> but I suppose it's a bit like comparing someone who's gone to a football match as being at a Nazi rally or something. I mean, <laughs> she, obviously, she definitely knew what she was doing. Labour said this um, Diane Hater has been sacked from her front bench position with immediate effect for her deeply re- offensive remarks about Jeremy Corbyn in his office. To compare the Labour leader and Labour Party staff working to elect a Labour government to the Nazi regime is truly contemptible. This bit then made me laugh. I'm grossly insensitive to our Jewish staff in particular. <laughs> It's like like they've gone, oh, I know how we convince people we're not anti-Semitic. Let's sack her and say you're (laughs) (laughs) anti-Semitic. No, you are. No, you are. And that was a bit like PMQs, wasn't it? It You're a racist. No, your party are racist. (laughs) No, your party are racist. And that was what um, Momentum as well did on the day of that coming out. Yeah. um, Was very much turn the fire on the Tories and their problem with Islamophobia. Yeah. Uh, the Tories, I've got a problem with Islamophobia. Oh, yeah. that, I absolutely agree. But it's a bit like, um, you know, it's a, it's a bit like watching your own house burn down. Well, you know, while instead of trying to put it out, you're shouting at the neighbour that their house is on fire. I mean, it's <laughs> stupid. Utterly stupid. Tories need to deal with Islamophobia. All the candidates, including Boris Johnson and Jeremy Hunt, of course, we've got two left now, said that they would have an independent inquiry. I yeah. hope that they will st- keep their word on that. Labour need to sort their own house out And uh, as the old saying goes, people in glass houses, Jerry. what should they do?
2: I shouldn't throw stones.
1: Throw stones. Or, indeed, leave their towel in the bathroom after a shower. Oh, yeah,
2: that's very
1: cool. I wouldn't do that if you lived in a glass house. (laughs) It'd be warm in the winter, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be warm. Uh, So that's pretty much it for the news. Mm -hmm. That is pretty much it. I thought next we could have a little chat about, and find out a little bit more about
0: Ursula von der Leyen.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Hello, I'm Matt Kelly and I'm the editor of The New European, the newspaper that brings you this podcast. Every week, The New European is committed to providing in-depth reports and analysis about the progress and implications of Brexit. We also celebrate Europe in our great cultural and arts section, Europhile, and we do it uniquely from a Remainer perspective. We think we are making a difference. We think it's important that there's a voice balancing, even if only in a small way, the dominant right-wing media voices that prevailed before and since the referendum. If you think what we're doing is important, you can help us. The best way to help us is by subscribing. Just now there's a special offer. You get 13 issues for just £13. That's a heavy discount from the £3 an issue retail price point. And if you subscribe now, you also get a free Bollocks to Brexit mug. It's very easy. All you have to do is go onto your search engine and put in new European subscription, and you'll find the link. Thank you for your support, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome back, Jerry. Hi. Remains. And uh,
1: I wanted to learn a little bit more about Ursula von der Leyen. Mm -hmm. Is that how you're pronouncing her her name? Leyen. I think think it is, isn't it? And ask the question pious authoritarian matriarch? Or Liberal Conservative?
2: Ooh, that <laughs> sounds like a fun Friday night game at the pub. Yeah.
1: well, to do that, I'm going to ask you some questions. OK. Um, but not about her politics, cos we don't know a great deal about it. She seems to swing one way or the other, and but she seems sensible. Yes. She's German. They tend to be quite sensible. And she's mates with old Angela Merkel... Yeah. ..who... Is quite sensible.
2: But if you listen to the Brexit Party MEPs, it's a disgrace. What, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disgrace that they only got to vote for her. It was only her. Well, I Because they're approving her appointment.
1: I kind of see what they're saying, but nonetheless, you know, we wanted to leave, so we can't start saying things like that anymore. Um, so, first of all, um, I'm going to ask you which of these is um, her nickname. Okay. Right? You ready? So, I'm going to do it in, in European.
2: <laughs>
1: In the European language of Europe.
2: This won't offend anyone at all.
1: I'm going to speak. Um, apologies for my uh, pronunciation.
2: He's a bit out of practice. I'm, qu-
1: I'm, quite, um, I'm quite glottal. <laughs> Krippen Ursel. <laughs> oh That's one. Is that her nickname? Don't know. Or is it this? Flinton and Sounds like something you buy in a, a Korean restaurant, So the first one means Kresh Ursul. because it's playing her name, Ursula. Mm-hmm. And the second one means Shotgun Ushi. I'm not entirely sure what Ushi means, I'm afraid, but nonetheless. So which one? Is it the Kresh one or the Gun one? Is she Kreshi or Gunny? I'm
2: going to go Gunny.
1: Well, the answer is they're both her nicknames. Yeah. Because she... Um, during the time in charge of the, the family ministry, she was given the creep and Ursel because she in nursery places. All right. She's not, it's a bit better than it's snatcher nice. milk snatcher, yeah. isn't it? So that's good. Um, and the shotgun one, she was defence minister in, in Germany. In fact, Germany's first female defence minister uh, in 2013. She was important, and uh, that was a uh, caricature, caricature of her bossy character. Sure. Yeah, and, uh, a bit less. but I don't know. I, don't, I think she could handle that. I'm
2: sure she could handle it. I yeah. can
1: imagine that she. I can imagine her cradling a newborn German in one arm, while she's got a shotgun over the other, <laughs> wandering <laughs> through Brussels.
2: It's like an advert for the NRA, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> 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 yes, perhaps, perhaps. Um, do you know where she was born?
2: I'm going to say Germany.
1: Yeah, wrong. Brussels. Doing oh. very well for you. This is it. Um, and how many brothers and sisters has she got?
2: 5 really going none or loads. Well... I'm going to go with loads. Go in Nine. Nine?
1: Six. Oh. She's one of seven. Uh, raised in a Christian household, traditional model of the West German nuclear family. Mm. Um, and her father was a leading figure in the CDU. Um, but what did her and her brothers and sisters sometimes do on national television. <laughs> Please
2: tell me they
1: sang. Yes! Yes! They were like a singing family. Yeah, the Von Traps. <laughs> the Von Deleuens. Great. Um, yeah, that's right. They were... They were. It was a family choir, often serenaded, Daddy, on TV.
2: Amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, there you go. Extraordinary. Uh, then, it was all lovely and nice. It was all going well for her. Dad was the leading politician. hmm And then it kind of went off the rails. Uh, She had to go into hiding in the late 70s. Who was she hiding from?
2: I the tax man I
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brilliant. That'd be brilliant. That would be a lot of tax for a, a tax. what teenager yeah. to owe. Um she was she was hiding from the uh, Red Army faction or better known as probably the the Meinhof mm-hmm. gang. Makes sense. They were murderous God. and there was uh, there was some intelligence that they wanted to kidnap um the children of leading political figures, mm-hmm. um whether to murder them or not or to just extract, you know, money and whatnot, who who knows? But certainly she was a target. Where did she move to? Where where was the best place to hide for her? Hmm. Under the bed. Was it the UK? It was, it was London. And what did she she get into while she was in London? A telephone box. (laughs) Like every other tourist.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So when was this?
1: So this was the late 70s.
2: So, so she was, was
1: a long time before you were born.
2: Well,
1: yeah. Just a touch before I was born. I mean, I
2: don't know what was happening in London in the 70s. Oh,
1: well, I'll let me give you a quick rundown. Uh, there was no bin collections. Oh. Um, there was, um, I think there was a big fog at some stage. Did she get lost in the fog? Uh, she pr- Did she get in the fog? She got in the fog. Oh, it pro- will have been foggy okay. during her period, but that's not it. She got into a certain, a certain cultural movement. I've given you a massive hint there. Late 70s, cultural movement. Still revered to this day. Quite controversial. Is she a punk. She was a punk. Amazing. Yeah, and do you reckon she used to spit? Because punks love to yeah. spit, don't they? I reckon They're she always did. spitting at each other. Yeah. Punks. Uh, Wasn't well,
2: so she just was at each other? Just like in someone's general direction. They
1: spit at the bands, yeah, and the band spit at them. Yeah. And her favourite band, supposedly, were the Muscogs. Mm, Great. Right. There you go. <laughs> but uh, she's not. So she's more into classical music these days. I'm okay. told. She is... What doesn't she do anymore?
2: Style her hair in a mohawk?
1: Uh, oh, God, I wonder if she did... There must be some pictures. That would be cool. No, she has... Um, she's given up something that I certainly should give up. Steve definitely should, and you, you've probably got a few years left to enjoy yet, but there it, it will come a time.
2: Smoking?
1: Drinking? Drinking, yeah. yes, she is. Tea total. Uh, so there you go. She's got, she's got tonnes of kids as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think she's got four. She's married, and I like her.
2: Yeah, she seems pretty sane. I like it.
1: What, what do you reckon? Do you yeah, like
2: Yeah, I like that she's got a bit of a past as well. I
1: like that she was a punk and she had to run away from a murderous gang. Yeah. That's a great opener, that, isn't it?
2: I mean, it's a bit more exciting than, you know, a lot of our politicians, which is, I grew went up in eatin'. the home counties <laughs> and then went to Eton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Boris Johnson as a punk. I'd say he was into alternative music. Come on. Damien Green. Is he? Remember him? Yeah. yeah. Do you know how I know that? How? There's a little music festival in in Suffolk. It's really nice, actually. Called latitude. Oh yeah, the posh one. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite posh. Um, you do hear things like, um, "Darling, where's the hummus? Is it still chilled?" Things like that. <laughs> Why does
2: the keema stall open? Exactly,
1: and it is like I had lob. I had, what did I have last year? Lobster, um, like lobster parcels. Wow. <laughs> Whereas in the days when you used to go to Leeds and ready, and it'd be a burger and a hot dog, yeah. you know. Um, but it's it's very nice, very friendly, and he and every year there, and I presume this year as well did um, do peanuts politics mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning so Damien Green went along and he was there uh, dressed in a duckler Praga way shirt do you know what a duckler Praga way shirt is? no, tell me um, well, there is a song by Half Man Half Biscuit
2: I'm, I'm drawing a
1: blank <laughs> you've never heard of Half Man Half Biscuit? no, I'm sorry ah, it's called All I Want For Christmas Is A Duckler Praga Way
2: there's thousands of listeners tells, at home right now shaking their heads tells,
1: Now everyone will know half man, half biscuit. They no also, shaking their heads at me. Oh shaking their heads at you, <laughs> yes. Well, and probably shaking their heads at me as well. And their other they very you'd like a Very political band. Yeah. Their other um their other sort of big song. big is probably not <laughs> but their other famous song is called the Trumpton Riots. And it imagines a scene in Trumpton. Please tell me you've heard of Trumpton. Yeah. It imagines a scene in Trumpton where the um the uh, the Trumpton militant socialists take over and they uh, they take over the doctor's surgery. Mm-hmm. They, there's trouble at the fire station because one of the old boys has got the sack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. It's really funny.
2: I'll do some research. Do
1: some research into Half Man, Half Biscuit. Damien Green, I'll see you last June this weekend in your Duck Prague, Awake uh, It. Now, festivals. See that seamless there? See that?
2: Sometimes we plan this.
1: It's not just Trumped up on the spot, although that was... I thought that we could pick, cause we're facing somewhere... I was watching Glastonbury on TV last night. Yeah. Um, I know it was a few weeks ago now. I was watching The Cure. Yeah. You heard of The Cure?
2: Yeah, I
1: know who The Cure. All are. right, good, good, good. Um, and not completely dense. No, no, it's not dense. I don't know a great deal about, you know, popular music from before I was born. Or from now. Or f- there you go, that's a better... Because I probably do from before I was born. I don't know much about popular music now. No. Have you heard of a band called M.O.? Yes. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> I just saw them on the listings. Um, right, so I thought we'd pick three. OK. And I thought, I don't just want the best all-ritter. No. I want to see who's going to pull the biggest crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit inspired by when Corbyn went to Glastonbury, yeah. although it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, but I want to see. I, I'm not bothered about whether you agree with him or not. I want to think who's the most entertaining. Okay. Could they do a little song, perhaps? Or some magic? Mm-hmm. Or something? Um, and, I'm, I'm going to pick three, okay. and I'm going to pick three. Yeah. And I'm going to pick... For my first headliner, on the Friday night... Yeah. I'm going to go for... Barack Obama.
2: Ooh, strong
1: star. Uh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I've put him on on the Friday because I think... It, you're gonna need. You're gonna need to recover. I think it's gonna be difficult. I think a whole weekend would be pinned on Barack if he was on on a Saturday. Yeah, I think you are. And but I don't just want him to speak, see to shining sea and all that. Yes, we can hope. <laughs> That's basically every speech he did, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? So he'd he'd run out all the hits. But then I want to see him play basketball. Yeah, because I've heard he's a brilliant basketball player. Yeah, yeah. And I thought maybe you could pick a few people from the from the front, you know, yep. from the front of the pyramid stage... Get them up. ..and get them up, and have a little basketball game. Yeah, I like that. It blends so many things together, all at once. Sport, music... Yeah. <laughs> ..maybe you could sing. Um, and uh, it'd be brilliant. Yeah. And also, I have it on good authority. He used to smoke dope when he was young, so he'd fit in oh. with a festival crowd as well.
2: No, surely yeah. not.
1: Yeah, So who's okay. your Friday night headliner?
2: Do you know who I'd have on? Um, Gavin Williamson.
1: Oh, yes, that's a great pick. <laughs> I... And I... Uh, oh. I want him at my political festival. But
2: you have to come to mine. You have to uh, buy a ticket. And I right. might give you a press pass.
1: Gavin Williamson. Really. I
2: reckon he'd be very entertaining. He'd say some... Mad stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could
2: get him to put on some kind of survival course where he has to oh, try and yes. dig himself out of some ice water. That'd be
1: good. The and spider. Then he
2: could bring out the spider, exactly. Well
1: there used to be a big spider at Glastonbury yes. that, f- that br- did flames out, his his mouth? out of the What's his name? I can't remember the spider
2: said Cronus, that's it.
1: Uh, yeah, Cronus would be there. That is a good that is a very, very good choice. That is a strong I'm, I'm worrying I'm now that I'm losing <laughs> festival goers. Go if on. So rival festivals.
2: We're, we're, we're terribly planned on the same weekend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've got Seal Barber, I've got Williamson on. Down the road.
2: Go on, who's your second.
1: Uh, Saturday night. Saturday night. Um, I'm gonna go for it do uh, you know sometimes you get those a little bit like the Cure actually, you get those festival headliners where you, you've gotta you've gotta go through quite a lot to get to the really good bit. To sure. the really good bit. I I remember seeing um, the Smashing Pumpkins in (laughs) in 1997 at about five in the afternoon, raining, muddy, awful, and they played half an hour of Mm B-sides, and then they went, right, now all that lot have gone, we'll play you the hits.
2: (laughs) And I think
1: the best person who could do something similar and finish on a high would be Gordon Brown. Yeah, because at first he'd probably just chat on about, you know... Fiscal responsibility. Fiscal responsibility and, you know, poor kids in Scotland. Mm. I mean, that's good, that's good, but it's a festival. Yeah. It's a festival. Yeah. Keep then, it then, going to that barnstorming speech he did just before the Scottish referendum, which I think won it, and I reckon he would, he would finally start to clamber back out of the hole that he dug for himself when he was PM and maybe it could be like a comeback you know it could be a comeback moment a watershed moment
2: as long as he doesn't call anyone GB. bigoted I think it would be alright
1: yeah and no mobile phones because mm. he might throw them at someone or you know so I keep him away from them I reckon that's a strong Saturday night headliner yeah I like that I like that a lot I like
2: that I think for my Saturday night headliner stick with me here go on I'm going with Angela Merkel right I, the look on your face says I it's do- a mistake
1: I, but I don't really know what go on
2: I think she's really interesting. and oh, My festival yeah. is an intellectual festival.
1: Right. do How about you. I just, for, I just went for the big hits. <laughs> intellectual? Gavin intellectual. Williamson on a Friday night? <laughs>
2: yeah. We come for a mix of things at my <laughs> festival. Um, I think she's really um, interesting, and I think she's on her way out of yeah. her position. So let's help the festival after she's done, and then she's going to spill all the secrets Ooh. from her time, because she's quite... You know, private, she's kept she's things quite level a and professional. Role, isn't she? Yeah, I yeah. reckon she goes and get her a couple of wines and she'll be taking everything. A couple,
1: couple of proseccos. Exactly. I'm just thinking now what we should have done was fantasy political Hindu guests. Ooh. <laughs> well maybe next, next week. week. <laughs> Merkel with a <her> sash on. <laughs> and maybe a, a penis a, straw. A penis straw, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. A penis straw. l <laughs> plates. If anyone could mock that up on Photoshop uh, out there in uh, Listenerville, please do. Um,
2: It's Sunday night.
1: Sunday night, and I've thought long and hard about this, and I think this is controversial. I think this might be a bit like when um, uh, Jay-Z was booked for Glastonbury. Sure. I think people might go, oh, no, 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 I'm not going. This is the end for Porritt's political festival. It's over. And then they'd stay at home and they'd see this and they'd go, we were wrong." Once again, Porritt was right. (laughs) Once again. Liz Truss. Ooh. Yeah.
2: Interesting pick. Did you see what she said about Boris Johnson putting London on the map?
1: I know. <laughs> well that's exactly why. She she oh. you know, because no one's, no one knew where London was before. No. Not. <laughs> not before Boris. No. When Ken Livingstone was made, they were all like, what is this place? <laughs> what is it? It's quite built up, isn't it? And I don't know, I don't know. Oh. Capital of the
2: UK is a uh,
1: oh. Manchester <laughs> <laughs> Uh putting London on the map. Well done Boris for that. Uh yeah, it is things like that though that means she is gold. Yeah. Um, Pork markets. Exactly. I was in the room for that. Her speeches are extraordinary. She's got a very odd way of delivering. Um, It's like they've written... Sometimes... I used to write speeches a little bit for people, and and sometimes they want... um, Little marks when they should look up and address the audience, mm-hmm. and then if they want to look down, you know, and you'll do a little, a little note, They so do this, or, or even I, there was one person who, who wanted me to write smile, you know, look up and smile
2: to remind them to yeah. remind
1: them, and it's almost like they've done that, and but t- to the nth degree, you know, they've said move head slightly right, look a little bit worried, now smile, you know, it's <laughs> really, it's really odd delivery. Which reminds me a little bit of Kanye West's delivery (laughs) of of rap. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think she is that Jay-Z, Kanye West headliner that would divide and people would see it and go, oh, wow. Yeah. Now I get it. And, of course, there'd be lots of cheese. Oh,
2: of course. There could not be. Lots
1: of cheese, lots of pork. And (sighs) she would put my festival right on the map. Yes, she would. Go on, then. Beat that.
2: I don't know if I can beat it, but I think we've we got can. to have Theresa May. We've got to have her on a Sunday night. Oh, looking a bit tired. Yeah, no, you're
1: right. You're dancing right. Dancing on
2: to stage. You're right.
1: That Sunday night headline. That sort of feel-good Sunday. Yeah. she danced our dancing queen. She was. She was dancing last week at the cricket.
2: Yeah, I'm really into Last Days of Rome, Theresa May. Did you see that photo of her kind of sidling up to one of the cricketers yeah. and like looking like she's having a bit of a flirt and Philip's just yeah. standing behind her like, yeah, go on then. She's
1: enjoying herself, isn't she? Yeah. Um, just for, for once. I think the pressure's just lifted. She realises there's nothing you can do about it now. No. Might as well go on stage at Jerry's Big Bash.
2: And have a dance. And
1: have a dance. Yeah. And she could do. Actually, she could do a lot. Yeah. She dance. Yep. She could have a little chat. Yeah. She's not much of a deliverer of speeches. She mm-hmm. as not found. so
2: much. But I do think her and Angela Merkel are friends. So maybe we could bring Angela back on oh, for another for a, for a,
1: for a just guest appearance. A guest appearance. Yeah, yeah. And she's got it all, hasn't she? We've laughed with her. Yeah. We've cried with her. Oh. We've cried mostly. Yeah. <laughs> We've laughed at her. Yeah. She's got the whole gamut of emotions right there for that Sunday night. Exactly, just and to finish it s- off. send you home with a song. Yeah. Theresa May. Right then, Jerry. It's been a pleasure. It it's lovely having Steve.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he won't be listening, so he won't mind.
2: Get a bumper edition of me. What a
1: pain in the arse that man is. <laughs> 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 I'm only joking, boss. <laughs> see, you, see you soon. Um, if you don't already... Follow us on Twitter. Yep. At The New European. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter handle?
2: Uh, I'm at Gerry, G-E-R-I, underscore E, underscore L, underscore Scott.
1: And you've got to be careful because some people get you mixed up with a certain Spice Girl, don't not, they? Not
0: the Spice Girl. Yeah,
1: and I am at Porit, Porrit, T That was The New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It is £3, it's out now, it's got loads of Brexit, it's got loads of politics, but it's also got lots of art and culture as well. You will love it. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go. (singing) No, <singing> I oh, not go
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus.